you are Locked On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hail you true sons and daughters. I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball five days a week. And you know what? On today's show, I'm going to be honest with all of you. We're going to get a bit off topic in the last couple segments because quite honestly, what do I have to talk about? About current Missouri Tigers football and basketball that I haven't covered already and that also doesn't have to do with COVID-19? Because quite honestly, haven't you all heard enough about COVID-19 at this point? I know I'm sick of it, so I, I assume that you all are probably sick of it as well. So instead of harping on the challenges facing the SEC football schedule for the rest of the season and harping on the difficulties of a non-bubble indoor sport, basketball trying to make it all happen during COVID, instead of focusing on all that, well, let's just weave into some sports topics that maybe are a little bit off topic, shall we? I think that sounds like more fun to me. I don't know about you. But of course, there are still some nuggets of Missouri news that we have to get to. Most notably, the Tigers will be hosting bragging rights. Yes, that's right. They won the coin toss yesterday. The coin toss watched round the internet by upwards of a thousand people. My goodness. I was not one of those people, I'll be honest with you, but good on you if you watched that thrilling event. But of course, there will be no fans at this game outside of parents, close family and friends, that type of deal. Going to be very limited, much below even the 3,000 threshold that's currently in place for Mizzou home games. And actually, Jim Sterk, the Mizzou athletic director, seemed to confirm what my suspicions were that I expressed yesterday, which was that I thought, well, they're limiting fans there because to keep it as much of a neutral site game as possible. And indeed, according to according to Jim Sterk, that's that in large part had a lot to do with them limiting the fans' access to the game. And speaking of limiting access, well, the University of Missouri announced that it's shifting the vast majority of its in-person courses both at the undergraduate and graduate level to remote learning for the last three weeks of the semester and finals starting after Thanksgiving break. So I guess in theory, that's good news for the football and basketball teams, right? Just fewer people that they can potentially come in contact with and trigger one of those, well, frankly, rather sensitive COVID-19 tests. Hopefully this is a good thing, at least for the sports, from a sports perspective. But I tell you, this has got to be the worst semester to go to Mizzou since, I don't know, Vietnam at least, right? What a terrible time to go to college. I feel a little bit bad for these kids. But you know what? We press forward anyway, and so is Missouri signing Yaya Kita again from St. Louis. Profiles to be sort of an athletic Front court player, well, notably, he was just admitted to the Missouri School of Engineering, which, wow, I, I thought you basketball players were supposed to take cheap, easy majors. Come on, I, I don't think Yaya got the note there, so good for him. Sounds like an interesting kid, for sure, and just an interesting note to, to give the audience there, I thought. 
And also, speaking of good kids who have now grown into good young men, well, former Tiger receiver LaDamian Washington now officially on staff with Eli Drinkwitz as the Tigers' director of player development. So I wouldn't be surprised to see LaDamian branch out into the into real coaching at some point. I believe former Mizzou receiver Will Franklin, who attended Vashon High School in St. Louis, he had that title, I believe, under Barry Odom at one point as the director of player development. Well, now Will is the head coach at his alma mater, Vashon High School. So wouldn't be a surprise to see LaDamian go that direction either at some point. But regardless, good to have another good young man in the locker room, somebody who's been there young enough to sort of relate to the kids, but also old enough to provide a little bit of wisdom too. So great to see LaDamian still around. And by the way, just quickly here, this is, this is going to be a bit of a tangent out of left field, but something that's been annoying me lately, I heard this, somebody was discussing Kyler Murray the other day, Arizona Cardinals quarterback, former Oklahoma quarterback, was comparing him to Baker Mayfield, who also played at Oklahoma, saying, well, their accuracy numbers were very similar in college. And that's that's it. Stop equating completion percentage with accuracy. That just bothers me on a very visceral level because, frankly, I know it's not true. You see, for one thing, not every pass was created equally. Now, we see these touch passes by the Kansas City Chiefs and and the Tigers as well, right? Sometimes when Jalen Knox comes around the end, well, they'll just touch pass it to him. And that's, co- that's considered a complete pass, right? And if he goes 20 yards, well, that's as good as a guy throwing a perfectly placed back shoulder fade, for instance, 20 yards down the sidelines. In the box score, those are the same pass. Well, obviously, in reality, those aren't the same things. And even if you are completing a lot of passes to the outside on, say, wide receiver screens, well, there's a big difference between throwing the ball a little bit behind that receiver and he catches the ball, but maybe he can't get up to speed and he's tackled for no gain versus, again, completing that pass, but completing it in stride. So the guy is able to get forward, get positive momentum, and possibly get a first down. That's what the whole game is about, right? And then there's the accuracy of placing the ball in spots where your receiver can actually catch it and where he won't get blown up by a safety or a middle linebacker, that kind of deal. So, I don't know. To me, just accuracy as a quarterback, obviously incredibly important, but completion percentage, that's not the way to look at it. So let's stop... Let's stop simplifying it to that to that extent. But I will say, sometimes, especially in our modern age, I feel the need to simplify my life. I feel like I'm always on. So what do I do when I need a moment to chill? Well, I reach for a cold, refreshing Coors Light. Because no matter what SEC games are on this fall, no matter if the Tigers are playing on Saturday or not, Saturdays are your time to chill, and it doesn't matter what's happening because Coors Light is the official beer of watching any sport. So Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind, so when you need to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. 
Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Again, that's get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. So remember the World Series from two or three weeks ago. The controversy when the Tampa Bay Rays decided to pull Blake Snell after his second time through the order, basically based on statistics, based on the spreadsheet. It said, well, Snell and, well, most starting pitchers, much worse the third time the opposing team goes through the order. So they pulled him. But the old school baseball fans and, well, just about everyone on that I could see on social media were losing their minds and saying, what are they doing? How can you possibly take this this kid out? Well, the Rays and their manager stood by that decision, even though ultimately they lost the game. And similarly, there was another debate from the Missouri-Kentucky game around that same time. And that was whether on fourth and fourth and goal from about the one-yard line, it was a fourth and one you know, inside the red zone. I'm forgetting what the exact situation is. You'll have to forgive me there. But basically, it was fourth down. Missouri needed a yard to go to convert. But they were up seven in a game where Kentucky had hardly scored at all. It's the fourth quarter. And the analytics, Missouri's analytics report, the statistics said that it was right to go for it on fourth down. That statistically, that gave Missouri a better chance to win. But Drinkwitz questioned himself later and said, you know what, he thought that was dead wrong to not kick the field goal in hindsight and go up two possessions. And you know what, I agree with Eli Drinkwitz. And here's the point that I want to make off of both of those decisions. And that's that human beings are not machines. They're organic. And this is something that I focus on a lot in my other line of work, which is economics. Now, I don't want to get too far in the weeds here, but there's a the sort of mainstream economic theory out there holds that essentially that people are machines because they're always talking about, well, we need to jumpstart the economy. We need to fix the economy. The economy is slowing down. Notice you could have replaced the economy with the motor in your car or something like that. This is a, this is all mechanical language, but the reality is, is an economy is made up of millions, billions of human brains, the most complicated organic thing that we can possibly imagine, quite honestly. So with that in mind, that sort of spreadsheet analysis can be really, really helpful in the aggregate to know that oh, I guess maybe I should be going for it on fourth and one more often than maybe I have been in the past. But to not know the situation, to not know the human element of all this, to not understand that, okay, going back again to baseball, the Dodgers on the other side, believe me, all of those guys, their body language was saying, man, we cannot hit this guy. None of them looked confident up there at the plate against Blake Snell. That has to mean something, but that's never going to show up on a spreadsheet. There are certain parts of life, there are certain parts of sports that, while they're very real, for instance, the fact that certain people are going to perform better under pressure, well, that may not necessarily show up on a spreadsheet because you don't have enough 
of a big sample size, for instance, to make that statistically significant. But that's, again, that's where you have to have your own instincts. You have to have your own feelings, your own wisdom. You have to know the situation because the answers to all of life's questions are not on a spreadsheet. They're just not. And that's something that I think the younger generation is going to have to relearn or maybe learn for the first time because in the last 10 years, I've just noticed how much of sports is now, it's all statistically oriented, which in some ways has been good for the game and has moved it, moved the games forward. But in others, in other ways, I think it's holding us back because again, you see these sort of robotic decisions being made in my mind incorrectly. I just don't know in the history of baseball. I don't think until the last four or five years, no one would have even considered taking out Blake Snell in that scenario. And I think again, until recently, the old school football coach they would have taken the points normally. That's that's the old saw, and that's the old school thought in football is to take the points when they're there, generally speaking. Well, I think generally speaking, the old school mentality on going for it on fourth down is too conservative. But again, this isn't a machine. You've got to know the situation. You've got to know how the game's playing out in front of you. And sometimes you just have to take the points. And Drinkwitz thinks he was dead wrong not to in the Kentucky game. And frankly, I'm inclined to agree. And coming up, I want to criticize or at least talk about a very serious flaw that's changing calculations for hiring coaches in the NFL based on a new rule that's supposed to encourage minority hiring. I'm wondering if maybe in certain cases it might do the opposite. But first... I want to tell you guys again about our friends at Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market. In fact, the new Built Bar is even more delicious than before with six new amazing flavors to go along with their original dozen, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, and carrot cake. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious individual. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. So go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. So a new rule in the NFL basically states that if another team hires a man from your staff... Or a woman, I suppose. <laughs> well, I mean, the uh, the Marlins just hired the first female GM in history today. So, so why not? Obviously, it could be a woman too. But interestingly, that's not what this is really about. When they say minorities, well, they're not talking about women or certainly Korean women or anything specific like that. Clearly, what they're talking about is black men. Let's be honest. They would like to see more black men in the coaching ranks and in the GM ranks. And on its face, obviously, no problem with that whatsoever. Great. A perfectly worthy goal. But here's the problem. If what you're trying to do is you're going to give compensatory draft picks to a team that develops a coach that is then hired away by another team as a head coach. So, for instance, and here's your Mizzou tie-in, by the way. Eric Bieniemy 
Former former Colorado running back played in the fifth down game. So there you go. There's your tie-in. And also Andy Reid was a part of that game with the Tigers on their staff as well. But speaking of Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy, here's the deal if you're a Kansas City Chiefs fan. I'll just give you my perspective. Obviously, I love Andy Reid, right? He brought a Super Bowl trophy home to KC. You got to love him. I hope he sticks around forever. But obviously, he's not going to stick around forever. We all have our limits. So one day, Andy Reid is going to move on. And let's say, I don't know, he decides to move on after this season, winning back-to-back championships for the Chiefs. We, we can dream, right? Well, in that scenario, I would love nothing more as a Chiefs fan than for Eric Bieniemy, the current offensive coordinator, to simply take over as the head coach of the Chiefs. But here's the thing. Under this new rule, the Chiefs would not get compensatory draft picks for hiring Eric Bieniemy from within. Why would they not be rewarded for promoting him? I don't understand that because here's the calculation now. As a fan, you've now gone from making me think, oh, great, Eric Bieniemy. Yeah, let's just keep that train rolling. Andy Reid's right-hand man sounds great. He's learned all the, the tips and tricks and wisdom from Andy Reid. Sounds like a brilliant young coach in his own right. Perfect. Let's have him. But now you're making me think, now wait a second. But if we hire somebody else and let Eric Bieniemy go, he will certainly be hired by somebody else in the NFL. So what if I can get somebody who's almost as good as Eric Bieniemy in my mind or pretty darn close Anyway, somebody who is similarly talented, who might be white, by the way. So I'm now going to let Eric Bieniemy go so I can have maybe a guy who I like almost as much of a coach and some compensatory picks. Do you see my point here? Because they decided to implement a rule that encourages minority hiring, you're actually kind of discouraging the Kansas City Chiefs from hiring Eric Bieniemy. Because again, the calculation is, Okay, I'd love to have Eric, but now you're telling me if I let him go, I get two third-round draft picks? That's not nothing. Think about who the Chiefs have gotten in the third round and later over the years, including Kareem Hunt, Tyreek Hill, and I don't know, I'm I'm sure some other guys who haven't beaten the crap out of their wives or girlfriends too, but I I digress. The point is, obviously third-rounders are valuable, and Eric Bieniemy is a valuable commodity as well. So it's just weird to me that you're putting the Chiefs and Chiefs fans in a position where they have to now question if they want Eric Bieniemy or not, because I don't think anybody questioned that a couple weeks ago before this rule was proposed. And frankly, I'm surprised I haven't heard more of this complaint on the national scene yet. Maybe am I just early or do people just not care? Maybe they're just afraid to speak up against a rule that's, supposedly designed to encourage minority hiring. Listen, I'm sure that was the intention, but I don't know. There's some, there's some definite side effects here that, that may not be positive. Just something to keep in mind. Another thing to keep in mind is, well, frankly, I love this audience. Thank you guys for being patient with a bit of a, an off-topic show today because, well, quite honestly, didn't have a lot on the Mizzou beat to get to, but hopefully that'll, be, that'll all change next week. As we get toward the South Carolina basketball game and even closer to basketball tip-off. So, until next time, 
I'm John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou.